What a guan, what a guan, what a guan. It's your girl, AJ Badass Jones, host of the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast. You can find me on my social media platforms on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at the Pum Pum Chronicles pod. You can also find my episodes streaming in video and audio format on YouTube, Apple, iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. And if you need to hit me up, you can reach me at the Pum Pum Chronicles at gmail.com. And you are tuned into the Change the Subject podcast with my man, your host, Daredevil BJ. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a new episode of Change the Subject. I am your host that is known as BJ. You can follow BJ on Twitter at DergoBJ. That is D-E-R-G-O-B-J on Twitter. And you can also follow my show, which is The Subject Change on Instagram. This is episode 25, and I'm super excited because I have a guest that I've been meaning to get on this show for a very long time. I think I was introduced to this particular young lady on an episode called Chronically Kinky. That's been a long time, I believe. But um, very, very intelligent, very open and honest um, dialoguer, has very interesting perspectives on sex and womanhood and a whole lot of other things. And I thought that she would be great for a conversation. So I invited her. We have Kiki from the kinks with kiki podcast how are you doing i am well how are you (laughs) super super excited to record and you know winding down but you know the energy from you know being able to converse or not conversate i hate saying that converse (laughs) with you um this evening has got me kind of pumped but i'm just really (laughs) excited to have you because it's been a long time coming i said like last year I was going to try to, you know, get you on and all of those things. But my recording schedules be so ridiculous that I had to wait and push it out. But this is the perfect time because I have a great conversation for you. But we want to just like give you a few seconds, introduce yourself, let the listeners know about yourself, your show and how to get in touch with you or your content. All right. So my podcast is on a completely different spectrum (laughs) as BJ's (laughs) is a kink BDSM podcast. I each week I speak on a different type of kink fetish or I don't want to say sexual deviance, but yeah, basically I talk about everything that is the alternative lifestyle to sex. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Kinks with Kiki Podcast. I'm very active up there because I like to participate with my listeners. Um, you can find me on Instagram, I mean uh Twitter when I 
get back on Twitter because right now I'm on hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Kinks with Kiki. I'm also on Tumblr if you want to see the wild, very, very vulgar things that I do discuss come to life. You can find me on Tumblr. It's Kinks with Kiki. All right. I find it very interesting to look at the the spectrum of a woman's like femininity because it's not just the sexuality part of it it's more so a woman's femininity as a whole and I've always wondered like is it uncomfortable being like your true self having those different kinks in front of the people that you love or the people that you're in relationships with do they make you uncomfortable to be who you truly are I in my experience since I started the whole kink BDSM lifestyle when I was 27. So it was about five, almost six years ago. And it, prior to that, it was strictly vanilla. So it wasn't like me not knowing that I, I didn't know I was into BDSM until it was introduced to me. So it wasn't like it was something I was hiding for years and I decided to live out loud at 27. I was introduced And in my experience from then until now, I haven't experienced anybody in like a relationship that had an issue with it. Um, I've actually dated Mm. men who there were a few who were like, yeah, this is too much. And we didn't get far because I'm going to be open and honest with you up front. I'm going to tell you. Like, this is what I'm into. It's not something I want to compromise or completely end. We can like, you know, agree to disagree on some things. But if I tell them up front and they're like, no, I'm not with it, like, then they're just not with it. I can't fight anybody. So I have experienced that. But, like, with my relationships, no, they were willing and able and, like, very accepting of me in my lifestyle, which was a good thing. My friends were, because they're pervs and they're nosy, (laughs) they were completely accepting. They wanted to know all the juicy details and basically lived vicariously through me because they were like, I could never. Um, My family doesn't know. (laughs) We, yeah, I'm not from a family that openly talks about like sex and sensuality and that nature. Maybe it's because I'm Southern. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, they don't know. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> so um, the reason why I wanted to um, talk to you, I've always wanted to um, kind of mix the two worlds because I'm not the overtly sexual conversationalist mm-hmm. in a sense. I would like to more or less be educated on the things that I don't know versus just having the, the typical conversations. And I um I really want to talk to you about the the differences in a physical relationship and how it is like prioritized more than the emotional connection. Because usually our physicalities are what makes the emotional connectivity difficult. And um I find it that well I found that in those processes of getting to know a person Usually, if you care about them, those those moments where you introduce the partners that you have to your kinks and the things that you like, they tend to at least attempt to adjust to the things that you're into. But when you typically get into the physical first, sometimes it distracts you from the character or the person that you should probably be 
you know, to this person right. to be open-minded and understanding. So like, is there like a, what is the balance or the boundary that you have when it comes to like your physical, your physical and emotional connections? Like how do you balance those two things to where they probably are paid attention to with the proper like attention and respect? Honestly, it really does start out with communication mm -hmm. and not to sound like cliche or like cheesy, but it's the God honest truth. Like I emphasize a lot on my show how important communication is because if you don't speak up about something, that person isn't a mind reader. They're not going to know what you're thinking or what you're feeling. So it's important that you communicate. Um, I typically with my lifestyle, it's not something that I jump into with someone first. So it's never on like a physical aspect first. I okay. communicate okay. to a person that I'm interested in. Like not, I'm not telling, you know, on the first date, like, oh, I'm into this and this and this. But if we've been talking and it's like some weeks and months have gone down the road, eventually I'm going to tell you like, hey, this is what I'm into. And it's not something that I want to change. It is something I am willing to compromise on, but I want to give you the heads up before we get any further or any deeper into whatever this is that we're becoming. I just want to let you know that this is what I'm into. And like you said, honestly, people have been um, more accommodating because there is a little bit more emotion there. So they're like, okay, I'm not into this, but educate me. Tell me yeah, what it is right, that you're right. into. And then, you know, give me some direction on these kinks or these fetishes so I know what I'm getting myself into before we even get to that point. So that's really how I set the boundary. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, has there ever been a point, Is has there ever been a point where getting into that um that kink space that it has like brought about a certain area in a person's life where they end up having to reveal some sense of trauma um that has happened to i guess the person sexually has that ever been like a a thing because i've always wondered how you know like people who are into like rope tie-in and all of those different dimensions of it has it ever brought about a certain like red flag for a person based on a, a trauma. Have you ever experienced that? In my experience, no. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, nobody's ever really said, oh, well, we can't do that because I have like a really bad experience from when I was a kid because of it. Oh, okay. I knew it's a thing, but it just never in my experience. Okay. So it's all been healthy and, um, you know, something that you can grow into with your partner. So I, I can dig that. Yes, I can definitely healthy and consensual. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. So um, we're going to start the process of the show. And what we do, what we do here on the show is we start with a segment called Q&A. Now, Q&A is like a small icebreaker to kind of ask you questions outside of the personality a person may um, be introduced to on your show just to kind of like you know, smooth things out a little bit, get a little bit more comfortable, and then we can get into like the more thicker part of the conversation. So you ready to answer some quick questions? Oh, yes. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, question number one is, since this is kinks with Kiki, name a kink that is a complete turnoff for you. 
scat play. Okay. I kind of figured that. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's a no. It's a huge no. All right. I kind of... I like, I even tried to, like, read some things and kind of educate myself because this is completely foreign territory. And I just saw mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, nah, I don't see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm with you. Like, no. It's just... It's a body... It's not a fluid. It's a solid. Yeah. But it's just a lot. Yeah. It's a waste. It's a, I'm yeah, okay on that. That's crazy. All right. So, number two is... You have the chance to enact your wildest fantasy. Name the place, the celebrity of interest, and the three things you would need for the most amazing night ever. Ooh, that's a good question. (laughs) The place would be New York. You said New York? New York, yeah. It's just something about like a where, I'm thinking of like a warehouse loft in somewhere in like Brooklyn. Oh. Is ideal, so it would be New York. Okay. Celebrity interest would be ooh Luke James. He's gorgeous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I would need rope, a flogger, and a candle. Wow. <laughs> okay, that was a great answer. <laughs> okay, I could dig it. I could dig that. A rope, a flogger, and a candle. Wow. All right. Number three is what is your favorite midnight snack? Oh, my God. Potato chips. Like, I am such a chip person. I try to keep them out of my apartment, but (laughs) chips. I will easily go into my pantry and pull out a bag of Doritos if I could. Oh, man. All right. The Dorito is the greatest chip ever created. Ever created. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number four is this is a hypothetical. Your son needs a kidney transplant. Who do you ask first to be the donor? Your boyfriend of two years who is like his father or the deadbeat who is actually his father? Honestly, I would ask the deadbeat first. And it has just everything to do with genetics. So I'm looking at it from a scientific mm, standpoint. Mm. Like nine times out of ten, you're a match. Okay, right. Let's make this happen. Yeah. Okay. So part two of that question and number five is if the boyfriend was to happen to be the go-to for the kidney, if he was to say no, is the relationship over? Oh, I think it is. Really? Yeah, because if I have a child and I'm dating someone who's not my child's father, at the end of the day, my child is going to be my priority. So at this point, you, I love you, but you're no longer able to assist me. Not saying that you haven't assisted in the two years, but like now I know where your head is. My focus has to shift to my son's health. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, it's nothing personal against you. Thank you. I asked you. You politely told me no. I appreciate you, but I'm going to let you go on your way because I need to make sure my son survives. Absolutely. That was a great answer. Okay, so number six is what's more, uh, what is more of your love language? Bothering him when he is trying to focus or calling and asking him what he's doing despite him telling you before he left. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was a tough one. Um 
I don't like to be bothered when I'm focused. So I would definitely say call to ask what he's doing, even though he told me. Right. When he left. <laughs> that is a, that was hard. <laughs> that is something that women notoriously do on a regular basis. It's like I told you already. You know, but it's just a part of their DNA, I guess. I don't know. But number seven is you don't think it's a part of your DNA? No, I I don't think so. I think it's just it's a part of each woman. Not all women do that. And to the women who do, I feel like there's like a, a deep seated reason. Not saying that it's necessarily like a bad reason. That could just be the way she operates. I'll let you have that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you have it. But <laughs> number seven is um favorite flavor, chocolate or strawberry? Strawberry. Strawberry, huh? Okay. Mm-hmm. Number eight is who do you see in your mind when you hear the word sexy? <laughs> I'm sorry, I need to laugh. Um when I think of sexy, I think of a guy that I was talking to later, like a little late last year. Wow. He was very sexy. He's still sexy, but he was very sexy to me. Okay. Shout out to him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you've just officially completed QA and A. Wasn't that bad? Yay. <laughs> Wasn't that bad. All right. It wasn't painful. Right. So, um, Today's conversation, um, I kind of wanted to steer in the direction of the women, but I kind of want the men to be educated by what we are going to talk about because um, it has a lot to do with the way in which men are sometimes forced to commit to people and their emotions, their feelings, um, and they honestly don't realize how so many people in their lives just out of nowhere become a responsibility and um one of the things that i wanted to do with the show this year was to focus more on the men because last year only the women were speaking like even when i would reach out to people to come on the show it was only the women who were willing to be forthcoming so at least if we had women to show up again this year i still wanted to kind of gear the conversations to the men. Now, what I want to talk to you about is the concept of I love hard and what that is, what it is designed to mean versus what it actually means in the actions and the character that a woman shows and how it can easily shift a man's responsibilities, his priorities, and even his feelings. Are you a person that loves hard? I would think I'm a person that loves hard. Just from my past experiences, I definitely think I'm a person who loves hard. Now, what exactly does that mean when you say that? When I think of, from a personal standpoint, of course, when I think of loving hard, I think of, like, legitimately loving a person and I'm not going to say flaws and all, but I, I accept your shortcomings because I know we're all human. We're consistently growing and we're always trying. So that's not something I'm going to fault you for. I am going to hold you accountable. 
I am going to push you. Even when I get on your last damn nerve, I'm going to push you because I know I don't fall in love with potential, but I know like you're so close to something great. I'm not going to let you second guess yourself or fall short because you're unsure. Like me loving you hard is wanting to see you be great. We, whether honestly, whether that's with or without me, but while you're with me, the only thing I'm going to want out of you is greatness. And with those, I'm like I said, I'm going to hold you accountable and I'm going to push you. I'm going to accept you for who you are, not what you have. And I'm going to respect that we all have shortcomings. So that's my version of loving heart. Well, that is a beautiful answer. Thank you. But unfortunately, your gender doesn't replicate the answer <laughs> that you just gave. <laughs> right? You're right. And this is... This is just an honest conversation. I'm not speaking for self completely. Um, I am trying to interpret some of the things that I have taken in from other men. And the, the one thing that I developed from my conversations with men is that most men believe that when a woman communicates this, this I love hard theory is simply a misplaced word that should have been deeply instead of hard. Now, Deeply to most people is sometimes hyper emotional, hyper, you know, sensitivity, and it's certain extremes to it. And and far too often when we hear the words, I love hard, it's almost the indication that we need to pay more attention to the, I guess, the, the toxic traits or the, the red flags that you show and how you express this hard love, because we know I love hard to mean I can bug you because I'm your woman or I can call you as many times as I want to when you gone because we in a relationship and I'm supposed to know all your friends and if they in your life, how come I can't be in your life? We come up with all of these, these things that kind of interrupts a man's space. If he's trying to actually get space from you, it kind of interrupts his peace when you are his chaos. Like, we don't think about the overall picture. We're trying to figure out why isn't, why can't I fit in the picture right now? So we hear two totally different things when we hear this, I love hard. And I just kind of wanted to take the opportunity to talk about the many layers of what this could possibly mean. So since you say you are a person that does love hard, what is it about? the love that makes the word hard fit the statement like is that the real word that needs to be there or should it be amended and changed possibly to put something else there you know what i think hard what just listening to what you just described like calling you consistently needing to know all of your business needing to know all of your friends i don't consider that love hard like I don't know who the correlation between being like up under you 24 7 and knowing everything about you at every given moment of the day I don't know who described that as loved hard but I would say that's not what I would consider loved hard but again this is my personal opinion so I don't think the word needs to be changed I think people need to be educated on the actual meaning when it comes to loved hard like well if we're talking about women because 
you saying, oh, I'm going to call you six times a day or six times a minute. I'm going to always be up under you. I'm going to be in your space. I want to know all your friends. I want to know all your business. Who taught these women that that's the definition of loving hard? Right, right. So I'm not going to say it needs to be changed because I just explained what my version of loving hard is. Like, it needs to be like a universal language at this point. Like, no, 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 bro. That's not loving hard. Like, you being his chaos and you disrupting his peace and causing problems is not you loving hard. You loving hard is understanding that he is human. And just like you, you need space. He's going to need space. Right. And I'm also right. a fan of keeping the same energy. Like, not, and that's not me in a, like a petty manner because I know a lot of women do that in petty manners. Like, I'm not going to, it's, if it's a relationship, it's going to be 50 50. I'm not going to put more effort into us than you are. And if I see that your effort is lacking, I'm going to bow out. So that is my version of loving hard. Like, Loving hard is holding you accountable. Mm, going to okay. love you. I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to be supportive. I'm going to hold your hand through tough times and the great times. But I don't know who determined that I have to be in your space and be around you consistently to be considered loving you hard. Maybe it needs to be loving strongly. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's always been my question, because, you know, like in the the social climate that we're in, some of these women that I know and see, because I'm not going to hold both accountable for this because there's certain people doing certain things. But ultimately, when you see like the favorited means of, you know, the social settings, whether whether you see it or deem it to be cute or funny or however you take it a lot of times it's still toxic. Like, you know, the idea that a man is laying in the bed next to you and just because you tooted your little ass on him, he's supposed to (laughs) automatically kick into high gear and sex drive just because you think that you're giving him the sign. There's a possibility that he's not in the mood, just like our queens tell us. Like, y'all be on a certain level, certain tip, we not down for that. You know, sometimes we don't want to be touched. Sometimes we don't want to be groped. Like it's the same, like it's the same things. But in a sense, it's like he's not getting the picture is the way that is depicted versus him not being interested. And it's okay that he's not interested. So we have to understand that in those moments of loving hard, like you were stating that loving hard actually means accepting when you're possibly rejected for what you're feeling in that moment because another person may not be in the mood for what you're in the mood for. Right. But you know, I also have a rebuttal for that. Okay, go ahead. Personal experience. Um, and not women can be toxic. I will go on the record and say that I have been toxic myself in the past. I am not shy of that or like, you know, a stranger to that. But when it comes to what you just said about the whole, like, you know, tooting your booty and him saying no and you feeling rejected, a lot of women have gone through a lot of traumatic things. Not saying that is that man's fault, mm-hmm. but certain repetitive traumas become muscle memory. 
So right, when right. a woman is rejected by the man, even if it's just for sex, by the man that she loves, muscle memory, it brings up traumas that she could have gotten past, that she could have suppressed, that she could have regressed. Like, it brings back memories of being rejected from partners where it didn't work out. So all of a sudden, she's in her feelings about being rejected, but there is a 90% chance it has nothing to do with the person she's currently dating. Mm. So what is the person who this 90 percentile has nothing to do with supposed to do in that moment? Because just because you have a traumatic experience, does that require me to react to what you're putting in front of me? Or am I supposed to sit you down and talk to you like, in my mind, I would think that in that moment of you feeling a sense of rejection and you probably display those feelings, I'm going to sit you down and have a conversation. As but you, what you Right. But what you need to understand is I'm still going to tell you no. And that's perfectly fine. Okay. First of all, <laughs> for all the hell. Like, as soon as you said that, like, wait, you're still going to tell me? Spoiled mentality. It doesn't have anything right. to do, like... And the only reason I say you should sit me down and talk to me. Okay, so I dated a guy for five years from the age of 22 to 20, well, almost six years, to 27. And we had this issue. And this is why I said I'm speaking from experience. When I say if you reject me, it has nothing to do with you. It's a muscle memory to trauma. So we had an instance where... He rejected me, and I was in my feelings about it. But because we were kind of deep into our relationship, that whole me pouting, being spoiled because you told me no, throwing a tantrum, that shit was not happening. So he sat me down, and I had to explain to him, this is how you make me feel when you say no. And he was the person who broke me. Not in a bad way, but he broke me because I was so used to being told yes and throwing tantrums. Like, he helped me mature in a sense. Mm -hmm. Because he's like, I hear you. You throwing this tantrum? Shit's not going to change. It's still going to be no at the end of the day. So I had to grow through that. But I also had to explain to him, like, look, I am learning. I am. And I was young at the time. He was seven years older than me. So I'm in my early 20s. He's pushing his 30s. And now that I'm in my 30s, two completely different mindsets. So I had explained to him, like, this is how it makes me feel. Had nothing to do with him. Had everything to do with boyfriends from the past. But again, muscle memory. So he explained it to me, like, I don't want you to think because I'm telling you no this one time. I'm going to tell you no every time. This doesn't mean that I want you any less. This doesn't mean I love you any less. It just means right now, this isn't it. And it took me a while, but I had to genuinely understand that. So yes, sitting someone down and explaining to them will probably, nine times out of 10, it'll probably like resolve the situation completely. Um, which do you think, um, and this is just your opinion, which do you think women respond to the most, the physical connection or the emotional connection? Definitely emotional. Okay. So why would you think it's the emotional instead of the physical? I just, genetics, biology, I feel like, unfortunately, 
the way we're wired. And I don't want to be cliche and be like, well, you know, women are emotional creatures. We actually are like biologically just with hormones and chemistry. We're just more of an emotional set of the human race. Like, unfortunately, we didn't ask for mm. it. It just is what it is. Um, we respond more to emotion because not saying that we attach faster, but when we do have feelings for someone, the feelings actually trumps the physical aspect of the relationship. So like, I love you. Like, yeah, we're having sex or we're doing whatever and that's great too, but I'm going to respond more to your emotion and the affection and the attention that you're giving me versus you wanting to have sex with me every other day. Because truth be told, some women don't really like to have sex all that much. Right. But just notice that like when we were talking about um, like sitting your partner down and having the conversation, mm -hmm. the thing that that makes the difference, and I want people to understand this too, because this is something that we don't consider in our um, our sex drives as men and women. Sex can definitely encourage you to be a selfish human Absolutely. being. Absolutely. Like you, you won't see it in that moment because all you know is you want what you want. Like there's moments where, and this is just an example. It's not a personal, you know, experience or anything, but I know a lot of men that don't like when they women come home drunk. Really? Yeah. Like I know a lot of dudes that, will tell you because the reason why it's so uncomfortable for a man to experience a woman in her like drunk state is because it's nine times out of 10, the total opposite of what they actually like her mm -hmm. for. So mm -hmm. like her being like her being clumsy or her being like, you know, saying stupid shit or whatever it is, yes. you know what I'm saying? Like they just don't, like register that this is just one of those moments for her to consensually let you take advantage of her being drunk. Like they don't, they don't connect to the idea of it because the thing about the man in that moment is he's loving who he fell in love with in you hardly. So he's not connecting to what you're trying to present. And that's most of the time when you are in those feelings where I want him to do what I want and he's not giving it to me. So that selfish sex drive is pushing you to become a selfish human being and not connect to the emotional aspects of your relationship where this guy just didn't feel like it in that one moment or that one instance, you know, like, so we'll see how we can take advantages or we'll see how, we can set up our own fantasies in those moments, not realizing that we haven't brought the person we want to share those moments with into the conversations oh. or into the energy. So it's, it's a shift in that way. And you will be surprised that the things that women think are the most opportune times to actually have sex, a lot of dudes really could care less about. It's kind of like the lingerie theory. Like you go and spend all that money on that beautiful <laughs> ass shit you just put on and it did not matter. Not at all because it's on the floor in three seconds. <laughs> yeah. And you looked amazing in it. Right. You really did look good in it. But that shit, you know, and then to think that you, 
Like, and what really trips me out about women is y'all will buy that shit and won't sleep in it. Like, I don't get that. I don't get it. Y'all will take that shit off and go put yes. a t-shirt on. So, like, what does... Because like, men are visual. Yeah, It's that's all about what a man sees in that moment. And if it led to sex, like, okay, this lingerie, this piece here got the ball rolling. Now that deed is done. I'm going to go put on a t-shirt and shorts and we're going to call it a night. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. So like um, to go back into the I love hard theory, has, has hard love ever affected the way that you even communicated some of your feelings, whether they be emotionally or physically? Have it, has it ever been a point where you couldn't control how hard you loved in certain regards because there's a point where a woman will introduce the idea of loving hard, but it's in the form of a fair warning. It's almost like he's supposed to look out or protect himself from the possibilities of seeing what this could be. So like, is there a point where you've been irrational in loving a person hardly? Yes. Um, honestly, my last relationship, was that way it was it made me very rational um to no fault of my own like it wasn't you know scenarios or anything that I was making up in my head but trying to love someone hard it definitely I want to say it made me irrational because it wasn't receptive so, like, I'm putting all of this energy and trying to put all this love and this effort into someone that wasn't receiving it the way I was trying to give it. So the energy wasn't matched. And because of that, there was a shift. And that made me emotionally irrational because I'm like, I'm on the straight and narrow on my end. I'm doing everything that... I would assume would want to be done in whatever the scenario would be. Why isn't it being received? And it started, it made me like, started making me question my own judgment. I'm like, what well, am I doing something wrong? And that's when I became irrational because things like that can make you insecure. So that mm -hmm. I did have a time um, where it made me extremely irrational, extremely insecure because I knew my intentions were well, and I knew I was genuine with what I was trying to do, but it wasn't received on the opposite end well. So it made you love even harder. It was. It was. Saying. It was making me. I was trying to love even harder because I started to feel like I wasn't loving hard enough. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. Now we've discussed like primarily how. Um, people men and women you know general genuinely take the ideas of loving hard and in a relationship is pretty much based on how we communicate and connect with one another but there's an area of love today that men can definitely afford to be loved much harder if we have to be loved hard at all why can't men be loved harder in terms of forgiveness appreciation and adoration as much as we are to receive the hard love for the affection, the lust, the, the temptation, and those things. Like in those moments when, like you said, when you were trying to 
present yourself as the person who was really putting her best effort into showing that this love for said person is real. I think that men are doing that in so many ways outside of just the relationship and they get that same feeling of rejection that you experience that is still kind of pushing us to do a lot more and be a lot more diligent but in the same breath it doesn't get us the things that we want because we could easily be pushed into that space that you're in where it's like now we're feeling rejected and you don't really know where to go emotionally once you feel that way is it a possibility that women can see more than just the the interactions between the man and the woman and actually build a bond if that is still a thing in 2020 or take responsibility for not only your own actions but for some of his too because that's what a partnership is like we lend each other um resources and support like is that a thing because i think that those things ultimately affects the way that a person is attracted to you as well I I genuinely do believe that it is a thing. It is very possible to build a bond with a person in 2020 as long as the two of you are on the same exact page of building said bond. So I definitely think that Mm -hmm. that is a thing. Um, Now, when you said being responsible for your own actions, which I completely agree, uh, we as women, we have to be accountable for our actions as well as keeping control over our emotions because sometimes we do let them just, we let them fly and it gets out of hand. But when you said be responsible for his actions as well, and at the beginning you said um, when it comes to loving hard about forgiveness in a man, you got to find mm-hmm. what actions exactly because I refuse to say, well, I'm responsible for this person going out and cheating on me. Okay. Yeah. I get what you're saying. Certain other actions, like if I'm not in control of my emotions at the moment and I say some wild shit or I do some wild shit and he pop off, like I am, every action has a reaction and I am the cause of his reaction so that I will take full responsibility for. I know there are women who don't take responsibility, and we do like to provoke. (laughs) But when it comes to things like that, like if he, you know, goes off the rails, not like physically, but if he goes off the rails because of something, I started, like I lit this fire, and now it's like it's this whole wildfire around us. I have to take responsibility, and I have to forgive him for his action because my action, you know, like consequently led to his action. I do believe we do have to, women are so, not all women, because I know a few women who aren't into like just being super affectionate, but we're so affectionate and we really do, we thrive through affection and attention and emotion. But I feel like we do need to do better when it comes to loving heart and showing a man that we appreciate him just as much as we want him to appreciate or show his, show him, like show us that he appreciates us. There's a big disconnect there. Women don't do it as much as they should. Like we don't give the affection that we feel like we're deserving because we're both human. He's a man, I'm a woman and we may operate differently 
But at the end of the day, we all crave the same things in different degrees. So women definitely have to do better with building a bond with the person as long as that person is on the same page because sometimes they're not, and that's okay. (laughs) Right. But we have to show appreciation and adoration and support to men just like we want them to show us because it's not all about us in the relationship because like you said it's a partnership both are supposed to be emotionally and mentally satisfied in this relationship and if he's pouring all of this love and appreciation and adoration into you what's left for him to pour into himself because you're not pouring it back into him so you leave yeah, yeah you're leaving him point. on empty. And then when he has nothing left and you're mad because you're like, well, damn, what happened? Like we were we were good and you were telling me this. And, well, what have you done for him lately? Yeah, and you're asking that question. You're asking him what happened while you're still full. Right. Meanwhile, he's completely yeah. drained, completely on E and Going back to me saying I'm not going to be accountable for somebody's cheating, he's not getting what he needs at home. If he finds someone who is beginning to pour life into him that is outside of his home, in that instance, I will say a woman has to be responsible for the actions that her man made. Did that give him permission to go out and have sex with somebody else? No. But the fact that he's going out and getting something that he should be receiving from you on a consistent basis, that's where the real issue lies. Yeah. Okay. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you two instances that I just came across within the last, what, 48 hours. And by the time this episode comes out, it probably will be old, (laughs) but it's still very much um, relevant to the conversation. Now, I was on um, YouTube and I was watching Everyday Struggle. And um, just recently, they had Kevin and Drika Gates on as guests. And at the very beginning of the episode, Nadeska, which was the female host, I believe that's her name, Nadeska, Mm -hmm. um, she was giving praise to Drika for what she, you know, believed to be figuratively holding him down, right? Right. Now, Kevin politely interrupted her and said no she didn't hold me down she built me now they took that clip of course and they posted it on twitter and of course bitter twitter (laughs) showed up in droves like and it was just like it was so draining to see like how many women just came to react to that video but the, that wasn't really the problem the problem is that women uh, women tend to assume and i say this respectfully but what was assumed that kevin came to the table with nothing she did all of this miraculous work but to my understanding kevin gates was the one that decided to start a record label and he put her as the head that was never taken into consideration before he was judged and berated and put down. And that's the reason why I asked that question. Like, can women love us hard enough to, to potentially look past some of the things that we are accountable for, for doing wrong? Yes, we have been misguided in so many ways and have done so many things, but give us the credit for where we are right now. There are so many men 
that got married this year and last year. There are so many men that stepped up and owned the fact that they needed to look further into their mental health. There were so many men that did so many amazing things, but because we focus so much on the traumas or the experiences that we have been in that could have partially been our fault by loving so hard, you don't get to really show that adoration and appreciation for this man realizing what a wonderful woman she actually was because what he was honestly communicating is what I brought to the table. She took that and made it better. She, he wasn't trying to say, Oh, well, I was just down on my knuckles and she gave me every penny and every thought and every process that I needed to become this successful human being. So this is what I'm getting at when I say like loving hard in the right ways, because for so long it and no, it's not even for so long. It still is. It's almost like men cannot be loved in a way to where they can be supported just as we support our women. Like, why is it that a man is a burden because he needs a helping hand? Like, why is that? That's weird to me. Some women, and I hope I don't get flamed for all this, what I'm saying, but some women believe that you're supposed to have a ready-made man when you meet him. Just because you're in a particular place in your life doesn't mean that you're going to meet a man who may match you. And because of that, it's like, well, I built myself up. I don't understand why the hell he can't build himself up. And that's where the unsupportiveness comes from. When you said that about Kevin Gates, the instant, like this is what instantly came to mind. And you said right. that he said she built him up. I instantly thought she built him up, but he gave her the bricks. Mm. Mm. I had to drop a gym real quick. <laughs> Like, mm. and by that, I mean, like you said, he was already straight. He did have a little setback, but he, he understood that he had a good woman and that's the type of woman who loves hard. Follow me. So right, you have right, a woman right. who, yeah, my man is, he's doing a bid. I don't know how long, but he's doing a bid. He's giving me the tools to make life better for him when he gets out and he knows he has the supportive woman and the right woman who's going to take those tools and utilize them correctly and be like, you know what, babe, when you get out, I got you. So yes, she built him up, but he absolutely gave her the bricks because if he set his record company up and he made her the head of that record company, the foundation is all him. But going forward and building up that house it's all on her. So he will never fall flat because he knows he has a woman. Yeah, here are my shortcomings. Here's my fuck up. But she loves hard enough where she's going to see past my shortcomings. Mm. And she's going to see past my faults because she knows what type of man I am. And she knows that this shit is temporary. That's rare to find in a woman these days. That's what the issue is, because a lot of women don't want to, they don't want the bricks. They want the house already built. And mm. they just want to live in the house. They're like, well, you know, he's doing this and this and this. Okay, sister, what are you bringing to the table? If he's brought the house, he's brought the car, he's brought the garage. What are you doing? Because 
you've done, I'm not saying that she's not done anything, but you've put no work into building this foundation. How dare you want to come into my life and say, you know what? He already has his shit together. I don't have to do any work here. A lot of women don't want to do the work, but they want men to put in all the work to make the relationship flourish. Right, right. That was a perfect analogy. <laughs> that you. was perfect. Shout out to you for the jewelry. This. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So hard love question number two. And this is gonna step on some women's toes, but um what? BJ doesn't give a damn, okay? Right? We we over the pacifiers. I mean, hey, it's just it has to be discussed. We're you know? adults. It's time to start acting as such. Exactly. So um, my question would be to women nowadays, is he a burden more so than you are stupid? Now, the reason why I ask this is because it is a very real question, because if you ask the common man why he took advantage of the women who he allegedly hurt, the honest answer is probably going to be that he didn't even know he was taking advantage of the woman because she offered it without him asking. Now, I know what people are going to say. You know, that still don't mean that he's supposed to do what he did and this, that, and the third. But there is a part of a woman, and this is the same thing of loving hardly. A man is going through his process, and a woman comes in and interrupts it. She interrupts it completely. She gives him what he was striving to attain for himself, not realizing that not only was he looking for the opportunity, he was also looking for certain answers in that same process so that he'll be able to go through this process more than once if it just so happens to happen that way and will still have the resources to get him through this said issue or circumstance over and over again. But a woman will come in and give him the very thing that he needed to get over the hurdle, but the education didn't come with it. So now every time he shows up with an issue he comes directly to you because the only thing he remembers is the point where the issue totally disappeared that was you you're his fixer you're the At fixer this point right so when you have those moments of a man going through his process what you will hear especially in black men you will hear Oh, I'm grinding. I'm grinding. I'm grinding. It's something that he's in search for. It's not necessarily to say that he's distracted from love because everything that he's doing in that moment is going to benefit the love that he wants to sit securely in mm -hmm. when he finally gets into it. But there's that moment of a woman wanting to be the answer. And when she becomes the answer, she doesn't want the responsibility that comes along with that. Is it a possibility that? Instead of looking at him as the burden, you need to see yourself as being foolish and trusting a man's process and being able to support that process is like the position that you need to be in versus the one that you chose, which nine times out of 10 interrupted something positive for that black man or that man that you choose to be with. Is that a thing? Ooh, that is a thing because, and I'm triggered, <laughs> but that <is> definitely, <laughs> that's definitely a thing. Um, my issue with that is a woman can become the answer, but not end up the result. And wow. that's the problem because 
women can come into a man's life, like you said, when he's grinding, he's getting his shit done, he's doing this. So he can, when he's ready to love securely, he's able to just, you know, just revel in it and just live in it. But unfortunately, it comes at the expense of the woman who was the answer. There is no 100% guarantee that she is going to be the result of helping him get to that next phase and get over that hurdle. Because yet now he's gotten there and he's ready to love securely. But who's to say that he's ready to love her securely? Even though mm. she's helped him get over the hurdles and get over the humps, there is no guarantee. That's where women play themselves because I've learned and I'm pretty sure a lot of women have learned and there are some women who are still learning when a man is going through y'all compartmentalize a lot. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> when yeah. When you are men have tunnel vision when you're fixated on a goal and this is what you need to advance to your next stage in life. That is literally all that is going to matter. A man will put everything else on hold. And because a woman sees the potential and she sees where he's going and she know he's on the right path and she know he's going to get over that hurdle and when he does, it's going to be bliss, that's when she becomes foolish and she plays herself because then she becomes the answer but not necessarily the result. So now you're in love with somebody who's told you I'm, this is what I'm doing. I'm grinding. My intention, my focus is here solely. But you're trying to be this supportive partner to somebody that you're not even a partner with. That's where we fuck up, honestly. Mm. Because I was going to ask you, um, how is it even possible for women to expect to be taken care of by a man that she is in no position to support? You know, like, you have those moments of, like you said, where, you know, she wants to be the answer, but can't be the result. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that the relationship has to be over because of that, because there are a lot of things that I can say about my partner that I'm with now mm -hmm. that I can't say about any woman, but it was still my job and my work to do, you know? So like in those moments, you will have those men that will, you know, settle for her being disgruntled in this space that we share together while he goes through his process. And that's still the wrong way to love a person. Like you shouldn't be unhappy that he's decided to focus on himself. Right. If in fact it's positive. Now I'm not saying that if he want to play the streets and, you know, do, you know, Negro shit, <laughs> then no, we're not talking about that, but we're talking to the idea of a man being diligent and being intentional about his mental and spiritual health and doing all of the things that make sure that he can make sure his family, his children, everybody of importance is safe. Like those things, like we can't, we can't love without support. Agreed. In no way, in no way. So like, I want to know, like, why do women think that in order for a guy to, to be beholding, of anything of value in a relationship, he has to prove himself first versus being supported up until that point. Because I don't want to get to a point where I've shown myself approved and still don't know if you're worth what I have to offer. And that's what relationships are leaving people to feel like nowadays. You know, the guy has to date, you know, five to 10, possibly 20 women 
to find a good one. And now the good one shows up hurt, traumatized and all of these different things. And she's withholding all of her goodness on the inside. She's just sitting across the table, you know, entertained by the date or she's not really giving any conversation that helps us to grow and learn each other. Like, how do we think that we can grow if if we not supporting each other in those ways of seeing the good and encouraging the positive and all of those things that come with being a lover or being a person who knows how to love. I don't get it. Well, first and foremost, what everything you just said, it actually has to be a partner. There are a lot of women these days who are doing this to men that they have no commitment to. That's true, another true. issue. And what you just said about a man having to date 5, 10, or 20, triple that for women because there are more of us than there are of you all. Right, right. So right, you have right. to date 10 men, 10 women to find a good one. We're probably going to have to date at least 32.5 just to find a halfway decent one. Mm, okay. And it's unfortunate, but everything you just said, like he finds the good girl, but she's so traumatized and doesn't even know how to just be it's because of those 31.2 men that she just dated who probably fucked her over and i'm not saying that all men fuck people over but women we carry trauma like we carry persons it's some shit that we Mm. have to work on letting go i don't know why i'm one of those women myself i'm learning to let go of my trauma every day but Like I said, muscle memory. It all goes back to muscle memory. You're a good guy sitting across the table from me. But because of what I've gone through, I'm going to be reserved or there's going to be like a slight wall there because I just want to make sure it comes down in layers because I don't know what you're going to do to me. On the other receiving end, he's thinking, I have this good girl who doesn't even want to be receptive to me. And all I want to do is love her. It's a big disconnect between two. but. You have to be a partner to do that. I'm going to say that mm. first off and foremost, like to be supportive and be willing to uh, like not allow, but be willing to accept a man who's like, look, I need to get this shit together for me, for the benefit of us. You have to be his partner. I can't be with someone like I can't be getting to know someone who's in that stage. Like, if we're not already, like, in a relationship and you're like, all right, I need to do this and this and this and work on me, give me a minute, then I'm just not going to because I know I'm not going to gain anything while you're on your journey. And that's not me being selfish. It's me being like, I'm going to want to pour all of this love, all this affection, all of this attention, all this energy into you. But your mind is somewhere else and you're on tunnel vision right now. Like you're like, I see you and like none of the love or attention is getting through the tunnel. Like I see you. I hear you. I see what you're saying. I understand completely, but I have to work on me mentally and spiritually. If I'm not in a relationship with you, I'm just going to let you do that. And it's no hard feelings because I respect your journey. Hmm. Hard as Hmm. it is. (laughs) Like I said, yeah, that's definitely hard. Respect your journey. But if I'm your partner and you're telling me this, I don't have a choice but to be supportive because if this is going to be us 
and this is us laying our foundation towards our future, then I don't have a choice but then to give you space and let you do that. Not let you, like, I mean, like, literally, like, I'm not allowing yeah. you, like, I, I understand that you're doing this and I accept the fact that you have to do this for the betterment of you and for the benefit of us. I totally get that. <laughs> I can't right. be like a person who's getting to know you and you, you know, hit me with these bricks. Like, you know, I'm on a spiritual journey. I respect that. But that's that would be a burden to our relationship and it would never flourish. Right, right. I, I totally understand My that. My mind is already in relationship mode. Let's get to know each other. Let's date. Let's hang out. Let's talk. Let's communicate. Let's have conversations about our past so we can build something. And you're on a completely different path, looking straight forward, trying to get your mental and spiritual health aligned. Right. Now, my question to you, because that was a perfect segue into this question. Like, usually when um, a woman says that she's ready for love, she's not communicating that she's ready to date. She's saying that she's ready for what she wants out of a relationship. And what she'll do is she'll put a responsibility clause on it and she'll say, I want to intentionally date, right? So it's almost like it's not even for the sake of getting to know him, learning what his, you know, pros, his cons, or all of what comes with him. She's saying that if this, if it's not going in the way that she feels like it's going to get her to her destination, then he's not it. And that's not true at all. No, it's not. It's not true at all. So the ideals of intentional dating is to communicate the whole way through, not set your expectations before you could even see the possibilities. So it's kind of hard for a man to to even hear you when you say intentionally date, because we still we still trying to figure out what the fuck does that mean? Like the intention of dating is dating. Yes. But when you're dating with intention, basically it means I'm not out here casually dating six to seven men randomly. You know, I got a, a hair dude and a nail dude and a food dude and a car dude. Like I'm not dating casually, just willy nilly, just entertaining different men. If I'm dating with intention, I'm dating for the reason to like for the purpose of getting to know a person to see if we will get to the phase of where I can learn your ins and out your pros and cons everything about you to see if a relationship is the potential at the end of getting to know you as a person now question mm -hmm. is what is is that type of dating actually intentional or is it exclusively because dating one person is exclusively dating yeah. That doesn't mean that your intention is where it needs to be while the one person you're dating is involved with you. So is it is it another word that you mean, in a sense? Because if you're asking a man to exclusively date you, then that leads to a partnership. I have to change or adjust the way that I deal with you at that point. Okay. Now, having the space to get to know yourself outside of our dating arrangement it's really not a bad thing to be honest right. because it gives you the opportunity to get to know yourself and to find that or cross-examine what you're seeing across the table from one another. But that's the issue It's saying to, it's almost to say that intentional dating 
solely makes me responsible for these needs that I may not even be qualified to fulfill. No, that's not the case. Like intentional dating and exclusive dating are two different things. They really are. Like if you're intentionally dating, and I know this is going to sound very contradictory, but I feel like you can casually date with intent. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Right. Right. Like not saying like, if you know, and I can't speak for every woman, but if I know I'm casually dating with intent, I'm not going to be dating for fun. Like it's not going to be me swiping on Tinder and going on like countless first dates just to make, you know, time go by or just to do some fun shit with somebody random. And then it just end. If I'm dating with intention, I'm interested in you. However, you need to know that I'm also dating this person that I'm interested in. And you also need to know that I may be dating this other person that I'm interested in. Like that's when you're intentionally dating. And if everybody's on board, if a man is like, nah, I'm not really cool with that. Uh, I like you. I don't want you dating other people. That's when it becomes exclusive. But if the men are all aware and they're all on board and like, look, if it just happens to, you know, blossom with this person more than it blossoms with the two of you, then it is what it is. But my intentions are clear. I'm clear, dating right, for right. the purpose of it becoming something. I'm not just dating you, however, because it may not become something with you. It may become something with the other guy. Hmm. So you can casually hmm. date with intent and you can just casually date for shits and giggles and just to have fun and be social. It's okay. How you look at it. Yeah, that makes sense. I could respect that aspect of it because I just don't want to be like knowing what I know about love and how difficult it can be for both men and women. I don't want to be pigeonholed into a responsibility until I'm totally and absolutely sure of who you are. And dating tends to lead to responsibilities inherently without commitment. You know, like you'll become you'll become that person that even without a commitment, it's like certain responsibilities. Like you have to do certain things. You got to call her every two to three days, or you you become this person who she ideally sees as her boyfriend, even though she's not communicating this to you. You know, these are the things that she would naturally expect from a boyfriend. And I get it. You know, I'm not like opposed to it, but I just want to know that if I'm going to be doing these things, are they going are they going to grow and yield me, you know, resources to enjoy in this thing of ours? Right. Like we have to be intentional in that way, too. But I totally agree. I think that um, dating can be fun if we are upfront and honest in that way. And, you know, casually dating with intent is the way that I would suggest all women date. Absolutely. But they need to be, yeah, they need to be honest too, though, because they don't, they make us tell how many women you kicking it with. They make us tell, but y'all be like, finesse. Like, okay, I'm dating three women. How many men are you dating? Like, if I'm going to be, I expect someone to be honest with me if I'm going to be honest and upfront with them. Right, right. Like, right. And if you, if you, like, if a man, you know, kind of gets the vibe like she's trying to finesse you then it tells you everything you need to know about that person and you can move on to the next person that you're dating because if she can't be upfront with you about casually dating which she owes you absolutely nothing because you're not in a relationship you're not exclusive 
So she should be able to tell you up front, yeah, I'm dating you, but I'm also dating Daniel, and I'm also dating right, Charles. Right, Just right, Just to let you know, since you said you're dating other people as well, now that we're on the same page. And again, if it just happens to develop into something greater and y'all just cut everyone off, then it is what it is. But you didn't just put all of your eggs in one basket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Kiki schooled y'all <laughs> that... <laughs> That y'all love hard and y'all a piece of shit all at the same time. And y'all need to get it together because y'all got y'all faults just like we do. Yes. And we trying to get our shit together. Like, we're all fucked know? up. And it's 20 <laughs> even the climate of dating is awful now. Oh, and it's, man. That's why I had to take a break from Twitter. That I'm tired of the war. Who got it worse? Men, women, women, men. Like, men mm-hmm. are tired of women and them finessing them for first dates. And women are tired of men because they don't make it to a second date. It's just, it's too much. Yeah, you absolutely <laughs> right. The bitter Twitter. I'm using that for Bitter ever. Twitter. <laughs> that is the wave right now. Bitter Twitter is taking over social media. See, I'm telling you. And that, I, and that energy, I'm just not there. I'm not bitter about anything so i i can't be a part of that so i'm like i may have to just like revamp my timeline i don't know what it is but i'm like i don't want to see it (laughs) because you know um honestly i realized yesterday to be honest a lot of it has to do with the fact that we follow too many content creators (laughs) so they might be it (laughs) that's what it is like they'll They'll like just circulate the things that they ultimately talk about mm-hmm. on their shows, and it's just that toxic bowl of bullshit. Like, so you just seeing it all day, and you wondering, like, damn, like as soon as I log in, my energy just yes. completely changes. It's because you're seeing content creators conversing with other content creators about trash, and ninety percent of my followers and the people I follow our content creators so you're mm-hmm. absolutely right I'm like this that's week what it we is. discussed i'm like now here go the whole battle so now men are about to jump on it like the comments and now women are about to jump into the comments and i'm like i'm tired yeah genuinely and that's tired. what it is that's what it is like you really have to um design your social media in such a way to just solely do what the intent of it is and that's it and like, that's why um, I stepped back. I was like, you know what? Let me revamp and make this strictly for my podcast. And my podcast doesn't talk about relationships at all, most of the time. Right. <laughs> Rarely right. I'll do like a vanilla episode where I am talking about it. But yeah, so like when I just see like how much women hate men and how much men are tired of women on a day to day basis, I'm like, I can't do this. This is just really bad for my space and my sanity. So, well, yeah. I just realized now that um these kind of conversations are like the ones that I'm trying to really focus on having. And what I do is I I try to like reach for the person that is least suspected to pop up <laughs> in my arena. Because and I, I know feel like I am. <laughs> yeah, like because I know like I don't want I don't want to draw that energy anymore. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, so if if I go get one of them people that stay in the mix, then everybody else that's in the mix is probably going to venture over here to find out what's going on. Yep. So like, I try to, 
I try to be really calculated with what I do um, in terms of guesting and, and conversations now because I'm very mindful of my social media energy too. And um, it was just like an eye opener because right as I was realizing that it was going down in the dumps, that's when I reached out to you and all of my messages kept getting kicked back. So I'm like, damn, what happened? And sure enough, oh. you're like, I'm off of here. Because <laughs> it is guess how on Twitter. I'm like, I cannot. And like, like you said, nobody, like, as soon as they see my name pop up on this episode, they're going to assume, like, oh, well, all she talks about is, I'm like, no, I tell people all the time, like, you know what? You should get me on about relationships. I got some shit to say. But nobody mm-hmm. ever thinks that because, Typically, I guess it's because me being a black girl and talking about BDSM, which is considered white people shit, like, they're just like, we just want to talk about that. We're fascinated. I'm like, no, I got some gems, y'all, like, locked away about relationships because I've been through some shit. Like, we can talk. (laughs) Right. I knew. I knew exactly, like, what I wanted to talk about because it's typical to yeah. you know to see the name of a person show and just say oh that's what we're going to talk about like yeah. it's typical you know so i definitely knew that i was going to get you into a conversation where you can really show your personality and then punch them in the gut <laughs> with your own content so yeah it's beautiful this was strategic and perfect yes it was <laughs> and i really enjoyed the conversation so for you listeners i want you to um let me know what your thoughts are we had a pretty pretty healthy conversation about men and women and the ideas of loving hard have you ever loved hard in your life has it yielded you promise or problems tell me what your thoughts are what your experiences are if you have them to share hit me up at dare go bj on twitter and also the subject change on instagram i do have an email address you can send me an email at changed subject c-h-a-n-g-e-d subject at gmail.com and I also have just added a hotline, y'all. I got a phone number now. Oh. I'm growing out here, you know? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I got a phone number that I still don't know. So give me a second. <laughs> I'm looking it up. <laughs> like, it's out there, y'all. It's, it's out there. <laughs> but my phone number is 313-652-0220. You can leave me a message, leave me a comment, question, or a topic suggestion. So you can hit me up in a couple of ways now. So do that. Get in touch with me and let me know what your thoughts are. And I'm so super grateful for Kiki showing up and showing out on this episode. She did a marvelous job of representing women. And I hope y'all get y'all shit together after which y'all heard her say. Because (laughs) she told us about ourselves, but she told y'all a little something too. And we need to have those equal opportunity conversations for everybody to grow and to progress in the same upward position so thank you so much for showing up and you know having this conversation with me i'm so grateful for you and if you would like to i'm going to give you the opportunity to give your social media if you want to (laughs) because i know (laughs) i will i will definitely give my social media because you know the only the really super duper active one is deactivate it right now so right right <laughs> but yes you can follow me on instagram i am at kinks with kiki podcast i'm also on tumblr which most people aren't anymore but to the vast majority that are is kinks with kiki i will be back on twitter soon you can also follow me there at kinks with kiki 
<laughs> so she's pretty much kinks with Kiki across the board. Across so the board, except for you know Instagram, because they killed yeah. my first page like last no, oh, two yeah. years ago. I do they didn't want that. to be great. So I feel you on that. <laughs> so um, definitely get in touch with her and listen to her show. Um, I got a lot of episodes to catch up on. I think I'm like five behind. I got to a point where I'm behind on everybody. So Same. I'm gonna just take. <laughs> I'm going to just take one day to listen to all five in a row Yay. and catch myself <laughs> up. So um, very great content. Um, She does give a lot of sexual education. It's not just a raunchy conversation. You can actually learn something. So I highly suggest you tune in and get your fix. But this has concluded episode 25, I believe this is. Episode 25, which is titled love hard or the hard way featuring kinks with kiki this will be the end of this show and we will see you guys again in two weeks peace and blessings